Hey everybody, welcome to the Ralph Graves Jr. Show. I'm your host, Ralph Graves Jr., and I'm so glad you're here. No matter where you are right now or what circumstances you face, lasting success is within your reach. On this podcast, we'll have real conversations with people who have had to overcome unthinkable obstacles to achieve success. Are you ready to live with unstoppable momentum and focus? Well, today's your day. Let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Ralph Graves Jr. Show, the Unstoppable Podcast on Spotify. If you're checking us out on YouTube, it's the Ralph Graves Jr. channel. Thanks for checking us out. But wherever you are, I'm just so glad that you chose to check out this program. You could be watching or listening to anything. I'm flattered that you chose to check this out today. Today's guest, today's guest, I, 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 I'm just, I, um, I don't think I've ever been starstruck. But um, I'm on now with, I'm a little bit starstruck. We are, we're, I'm on with America's number one nurse, Ask Nurse Alice. How you doing? I'm doing well. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> and we're so glad to have you. Thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you for taking the time out of uh, your busy day. You're on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast. And, but the fact that you said, yeah, it means, it means a lot to us. It means a, a, a lot to the program. Um, you know, um, being, how did, first of all, let me ask you this. How did you get that, that, that title, American's number one nurse? Well, um, so um, America's favorite nurse. Favorite I, nurse. Favorite nurse. Yes. Favorite. I have to say, you know what? Um, it was kind of just, you know, family and friends would kind of say it here and there. And then I would start doing things. Um, and that name just kind of stuck with me. And then I think when it really, really solidified is uh, I actually was on the Dr. Oz show. And wow. I was talking about, you know, the importance of um, uh, helping people to eat like a nurse, sleep like a nurse, get support like a nurse, and you know, do these things because nurses, we you know, we know the secret to success when it comes to being healthy. Right. And when I heard it out of Dr. Oz's mouth, I was like, oh, that's it. Okay, um, I'll take that. I I will own that. It's it's something that I'm very humble and honored to you know, which kind of just affectionately known as America's There's <laughs> Tons of listen, there are tons of amazing nurses out there. That's not to take away from anyone, but. I think that name just kind of, it just stuck with me. Um, And I think once someone else heard it, then someone else would say it, then someone else would say it. And then it's like, okay, boom, that's me. That's me, y'all. That's me. How did did you begin your love for your career, for your nursing career? When when did it start for you, Alice? Yeah, so that's uh, always an interesting question. Because I originally wanted to be an accountant. Okay. Everyone always asked me. You know, so, you know, when I was younger, um, I wanted to, you know, count the money, be the money lady and, you right. know, all of these things. And I took all these courses in high school and college and I was like, oh, that's a little hard. I could, ne- could never get my bottom number to kind of line sure. up or match. But um, sure. I think it really started. Um, I'm the eldest of two daughters. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad uh, was a retired Navy and in the Navy at that time. The only way you would get a break is they would say, smoke them if you got them. Right. Right. So he, he smoked. Um, and, you know, once he retired from the Navy, he continued to smoke. And so he would, um, he struggled with high blood pressure, um, had an occasional heart attack, a stroke, things would happen. And, um, he married my mother who overseas. So she was Filipino. So English was her second language. So here I am, the eldest child's kind of being translator. Um, and then the eldest daughter taking care of family. And, um, I just always found myself being at my dad's side, helping to take care of him. Um, you know, cause mom still had to work. 
Um, I had to translate for her sometimes. And I just found myself in this eldest daughter position, taking care of my dad. Not that I didn't want to. I loved to. I mean, I was daddy's little girl. But yeah. And he would say, you know, Alice, you're going to make the best nurse. You're going to be a great nurse. I was like, Daddy, I'm going to be an accountant. I'm going to be an accountant. But <laughs> over the years, it just, it was a calling and something that was an undeniable yeah. calling, something that I was always front and center for. And even though when I disputed the fact that I was going to be a nurse, um, I ended up being a nurse. So um, it was definitely something that I was called to do. And, you know, now 20 something odd years later, as a practicing nurse, um, I couldn't think of doing anything different. Now, okay. wait, now, you talked about being accounting. Accountant. Were you in school for accounting? Did you, did you even start school for that or no? Well, in high school, we kind of had these tracks in high school to kind of gear us towards yeah. things. And um, I, took a biz, I was taking the business and accounting. So, you know, here I am, a junior and uh, senior in high school, um, you know, typing, knowing already how to write checks and try to do checkbook things and balancing things. So I actually was finishing high school kind of in that track and was going to go that way. But it was in my high school years that my dad started to um, have more is- health issues. Okay. You know, he was in and out of the hospital. And so that's when it just kind of, it was a natural pivot yeah. for me. I mean, I didn't even see this coming. Mm-hmm. I signed up in college to take a- accounting courses and then sure. Next thing I know, I'm, go- I'm in pre-nursing. I'm doing nursing school. But it wasn't a challenge or anything that I didn't fight it for too much longer because it became something that I wanted to know. Because as, you know, brown and black people, we know that there's health inequity. Sure. And so I could, at a very young age, could see that, you know, we'd go to the doctors and then my dad, my mom and dad, I could hear them talking. They had questions. And, you know, we just, small community hospital. We didn't, I it was interesting how at that young of an age, I, I knew something wasn't quite fully right about our healthcare system. So I had lots sure. of questions. Sure. Um, so I just kind of be the nosy daughter, like parents would be talking, I'd be at the door just listening. And yeah. it was just something that I just was pulled towards. It was a calling indeed yeah. um, for me to want to know more and do more. So I just found myself taking those courses. Sure. And the reason why I asked that question is because so many people, they'll start on one track and they know they've been called to do other things. And then they'll just say, well, let me finish. So they, don't, they don't do, like you said, they don't pivot when they know they should. And it, and it takes courage to do that. It takes courage to say, okay, I wanted to do this, but I know I'm called and I'm designed to do that. And, and that's so great that you discovered that at a young age. And, that, you know, I really try to help people and, and try to encourage people. Listen, if it, it, there are certain things that you were made to do. You know, that you were, we call it a calling, but that you were put on this planet to do and, and you having heard that call at a young age and had a, that, that courage to make that pivot before you even really got started in that is, is major. And I just, you know, hopefully some young men and women are listening to that and not, don't be afraid, don't be afraid to pivot and, and, and do what you were, were, were called to do. What's, what's one of the greatest lessons that you've learned during this journey, during this journey of starting out that way and now becoming what Dr. Oz calls America's favorite nurse. I mean, we see you all over the place. We see you as you're a professor. Am I right? You're a professor, you're a TV correspondent. I know that journey, you know, I know that journey, uh, it may have seemed long, but what was one of your your greatest lessons that you've learned along the way during this journey? So one of the, I I would have to say the, the, I don't know if it's the best, the hardest. I think it was both of those lessons for me was, you know, as a nurse, 
Um, so once I knew that my calling was to help take care of people, right, I was inspired to do so yeah. by my father. Um, and then even when he passed away, I was like, you know what? Because I felt this uneasiness about the care that he received, I was like, I'm going to be the best cardiac nurse in the world. Wow. I didn't say in my neighborhood. I didn't say on my block. I didn't say, I said in the world. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to do everything I can. And so in this journey to be the best cardiac nurse in the world, um, you know, sometimes our professions or society will have you to believe that you have to do it this way. This is the this is the pathway. You have to go A, B, C, or D. And I found myself as I was traveling that path that um, I like to color outside lines a little bit. So I wasn't quite straight. I'm going to follow the exact same pathway. So again, cardiac was my calling because of my dad, right? So um, I volunteered for the nurses. I volunteered for the American Heart Association, and that's actually kind of how I segued into media. Okay. So then asked me, Alice, can you come on and talk about how to be heart healthy during the holidays and how to do these things? And interestingly enough, while a nurse's, one of our um, most important roles is to do patient education, community education, um, you don't see many nurses doing that. You don't, you know, you don't see it on TV and on radio and things like that. But I knew I was solid in the hospital doing everything. I knew I was solid in the community. Thing, but this, I was calling to do media because I wanted to do teaching on a larger platform yes. because I was like, you know, it's, I can help change one life at a time at the bedside, but I knew that I had this gift of talking to people, re reaching people where they were, regardless your age, your color, your, you know, whether you're rich or poor, I would have this ability to connect. And so yeah. I started to do more media things with the American Heart Association that led on to more things, but I kind of felt this, um, this cold shoulder from the healthcare profession because, you know, really? historically, Healthcare and media are kind of like at odds because usually when you see something in the news about healthcare, oh, wrong surgery, problems, and like all bad things. And so um, there hadn't been a nurse on television before doing consistently. You know, right. nurses have been on TV. I'm not going to say I'm the only or first one, but right. a nurse to consistently provide content, a nurse to consistently to lead conversations, not just be invited to participate, but to help lead conversations that just hadn't existed. So. I was kind of, I didn't know at the time, but kind of trailblazing this path for women of color sure. and for nurses. Because sure. historically, you know, you usually see the white uh, physician in a white lab coat. Right. Let's be honest. It is what it is. And I just knew that I was like, you know what? I don't know what it was, but something in me was like, people need to see more nurses. People need to see diversity. People need to be able, we need to be able to talk about health in certain ways that perhaps a black woman can that a white male physician can't because I can make fun of us eating collard greens on Sunday and fried chicken right, and right. that's going to be received a certain way. Sure. Um, but anyways, long story short, um, nursing was, I'll be honest, nursing wasn't as warm and fuzzy about me doing media initially when I started, I have to say, but um, I kept at it. Cause I was like, there, there's someone listening to me because yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going into areas and spaces that healthcare hadn't traditionally gone to. Okay. Nursing, you know, we were talking about healthcare as much as robustly in Ebony or in Essence or in Jet or Black Doctor Dot or you know, those, like those. I'll just say, go ahead, Black outlets. But I knew that Black people we're the highest, we're the, we're the ones suffering most from heart disease. We're the ones suffering most from diabetes. Yeah. I had this personal experience with my father, and just growing up in the hood, I kind of knew what it was like and what we didn't have access to, and this mistrust between healthcare. Um, and the community. So I wanted to be a bridge. And wow. so even as uncomfortable as it was 
navigating through it with my profession not quite fully embracing me, I stayed the course. I stayed the course. I stayed the course. And then came CNN, HLN, Fox, and kind of these more credible outlets. And then finally, nursing began to embrace me. They're like, oh, she's not just doing this for fun. She's she's really doing this, y'all, because yeah, she really yeah. wants to make a difference. And so um, now uh, I'm glad to say my nursing profession has embraced me, but not initially. So wow. I kind of had to just follow my heart yeah. about the things that felt good to me as far as I want to help people. And maybe the way I help isn't necessarily the way that traditionally my profession has helped. I've used and embraced media to do so. And in this journey, right. have been able to reach back and teach others and help others navigate and use their social media yeah. and their platforms to help educate using media. So that was an uncomfortable feeling. It was uncomfortable journey and growth. Because, right. You know? Yeah. I bet. But, uh, I bet. I mean, mm-hmm. what a journey. And so you've come through that. Um, and, and so you, you are where you are now. And, and, I, and I wanted folks to really hear that because everybody thinks everyone sees the finished product and they don't see the challenges a lot of times that the person has to go through and they don't really understand. I hate to use the term the process, but it is, it is a process. I mean, you had to face your critics. You, you just told the story. You had to, you had to face the side eye from the profession. And so now you are where you are now. What are some of the lessons? What are some of the, the, the lessons you're learning right now, right now? Because really we're glad to have you as part of the media and, and really kind making the making um, uh, making aware to us and even to them some of the challenges we have in, in the black and brown community. So what are some of the lessons you're learning right now? Gosh, I, I'm, I, I'm still, I'm still in, in, um, in the journey because uh, even though I've had, you know, I've reached some success, it's an everyday struggle to make sure, sure that I'm out front and center talking about some of the uncomfortable things that we need to talk about in healthcare, addressing, uh, you know, we see social injustice. We've seen so much of it on the news. It happens in healthcare. So I'm actually talking about issues, um, tapping on implicit bias when it comes to healthcare providers and the inequity that brown and black people see in healthcare. And that can be an uncomfortable conversation because a majority of my colleagues are, as far as nurses, white women. Right. Um, And then, you know, the physicians, the majority of them are white men. So, you know, there's, there are Karens in the world of nursing. Yeah. You know, there's all that that exists in healthcare. So I'm still trying to, that same, you know, fight that we see out on the streets with our um, uh, um, criminal justice system that, yeah. you know, I'm trying, I'm having those same challenges in with the healthcare system, trying to find equality, trying to help improve access. And Ralph, let me say this, in this journey, because I didn't say this earlier, but one of the things you know, at a certain point, I thought I had reached my ideal job. Okay. I was cardiac clinical nurse specialist at one of the best, you know, world-renowned hospitals. And they had a problem. They had a, they took issue, I should say, with me being on television, being as proactive as I am. Now I'm a nurse. I'm talking about healthcare. I don't feel like I'm being radical. But to them, I was kind of this radical nurse using media um, and talking about issues. And because... Um, they couldn't, under, they couldn't quite understand. I was brought into the office one day and said, they asked me, how did, and I don't even think they realized what they said. They said, how does someone like you get mm. all of these opportunities when we have 
more experienced physicians and more senior nurses here. And, you know, we've been working with our PR team and we've been trying to do this and we can't even take, get an interview with these people, but yet they're, they're calling you out. How come you can do that? Someone like you. Someone like me. Yeah. Y'all, someone like me, not the light side, the dark side. And then I was just like, and I don't even think they realized what they said. Right. And I explained it to them, but long story short, I was put in a position where they wanted me to stop all my media. They're like, you know what? This is too much. It's overwhelming because some people started to call the hospital saying, oh, congratulations on your nurse, Alice. You know, we hear she's doing great things and they didn't like it. They didn't like it. Right. And so long story short, they said, Alice, this is, this is interfering with your work. You're going to have to decide. Mm. You're going to have to put all that to rest um, or we're going to have to let you go. And for a split second, for a split second, I almost sacrificed all of the work I had done because I was so comfortable with yeah. the title and that role. Yeah. You know, I said, you know what, this, this job is really important to me. Let me think about it, this and that. But um, I was going to come back the next day and retire Nurse Alice. Just like, you know what, I want this job. And fortunately, unfortunately, they said, Alice, you know, we've talked to the C-suite. We're going to have to let you go because this is too much press and the hospital doesn't want it. So I got, I got release of my duties. Wow. I cried. But the minute I got home and told some of the key people in my life, I was upset. They're like, good. Yeah. Because now you can do what you were really meant to do. And God had to move. God had put you in a position, Alex, where he'd given you all this experience, authority, uh, exposure, and he wanted to know what you were going to do with it. And I have to say, the first five months I had left that position who tried to silence me, you know, sure. silence me, that first five months, I had done more television, more education, more outreach, more of the things that that brought me joy and filled my cup and filled my purpose in that first five months that I did the whole five years I was there. Wow. And wow. so that was a, a point in my life. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to pay my bills. I'm going to do this. And I have to say that I didn't, I didn't even look, but they, they slid me an envelope. They're like, you know, you think you like, oh, my last paycheck, my, yeah. my vacation time. Yeah. I didn't realize that the position I in had a, a severance package. So okay. there, God had given me a severance package to take care of myself, my so, family. So wait, let, let me pause. You mean to tell me God provided for you? I mean, you, you mean to tell and me I'm God's a provider? I'm, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> it, you have to have faith in the unseen. And I know we, we know these things, but right. not until you are really in a position. Yeah. And, you, and here I am. Oh, my gosh, I lost it all. Yeah. You no, know, God had to scoop something to the side to make room for me to really walk my purpose and do yeah. and service the things that he really had for me to do. And the, the cool thing about it, he's like, Alice, I'm gonna go ahead and get rid of this job. You, you were idolizing that job, wow. but you should have been idolized, you know, kept going, think, keep right. doing what you're doing. So he moved that job over, provided me a means to take care of my family, created more opportunities for me to do what it is that really brought me passion and joy and showed me how to grow my, my talent. And then I just took off from there. I just, the opportunities were endless. The doors began to open and I had, I mean, hindsight's 2020, but I look back, I'm like, you did that, didn't you? When you let him take the wheel, he takes the wheel and he drives you to a destination. You can't even imagine going on your own with your own plan. Cause my own, my little plan was nowhere near as great, as grand as the plan that he has made for me today. And so you, know, you don't know how many people you just blessed with that. And I'm so glad I told that story. This is what this podcast and this, this channel is all about. That's the story. That's the, and football we call 
repositioning. We have to punt. You had no idea. Okay, whatever. It is what it is. All right. All right. God's me. You and look where you are now. Look where you are now. In order to get to the next level, I tell people like climbing a ladder, you have to let go of the rung that you have that's in your hand. Have to let go of that rung and you let it go. And look what God has done in your life and and look at where you are. And look how many more people that you're blessing. And I know, and we're not discounting, I know at the time you you were scared to death. I came home, I, I got, I was in bed for like two or three days crying. I was like, I was like, cause it was, it's the job. Like, oh, it's the perfect title. I have a nice office. I have good right. vacation and benefits. And you know, we get caught in this, I was just comfortable. Yeah. But I think that I worked so hard. I thought that I had arrived, but I think when God, it was just God had finally, you know, got me to a point like, okay, you, I, I want you to learn these things. I want you to really embrace this, grasp this, master this, and then, I feel that he he felt that I had mastered something and I was ready to go to the next level, but I was stuck in comfort. I was comfortable. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know if you ever seen that meme with the little girl. She has the teddy bear. And then you right. see God. He has the bigger teddy bear behind yeah, his back. Yeah. And so he was like, you know, give me the little teddy bear. And I was like, Mm-mm, I like this teddy bear. I like these benefits. I like this schedule. <laughs> um, but, but in order for me to really, you know, do the things I really enjoy doing, yeah. the teaching on a larger platform. And again, um, there was something about that meeting when they when they sat down and said, "How does someone like you?" Yeah, and that you know hindsight's always twenty twenty. But when I look back and I look at the sequence of things happens, everything happened for a reason. Yeah, and in the timing in which it did, because um, even though I had been doing television while I was there, I hadn't fully blown up yet. I hadn't hadn't done all these things. But God was like, "I need to teach you some things first. Hold on, let me get you ready for this next level." Right, and. But I'm going to need you to go to the next level. And when I was resistant to go to the next level, he said, let me make, I'm going to fix this for you. Let me go on and part, let me yeah. move, remove <laughs> it from you. Right. You can hold on to stuff all you want to, but when it's time for that thing, that person, that whatever it is to move or leave, yeah. God is going to, it's going to be gone. Yeah, he it's takes away gone. the crutch. He takes away the crutch. Whatever you're leaning on, he'll take the crutch out of your life. Like you said, it could be a person, could be yes. a thing, could be a title, a position. When it's time to elevate and um, we're, we're stubborn, sometimes he removes the crutch. But that's just, that's an amazing story of, of even, but I, you said something too that I think our, our listeners and our viewers need to realize is, you said you spent two or three days in, in bed. Yes, and, that, and that's fine. And I tell people that, yeah, you're going to cry over some stuff, but you can't stay there. And then, you right. know, okay, this was stripped from me. All right, this hurts. Okay, I, but now, okay, let me move on to greater things. And, and I think um, a lot of people discount those moments as well. They, you know, they don't think that they're supposed to. It's a transition. They let you go. They yeah. fired you. They fired America's favorite nurse. <laughs> oh, right, right. And so, and so that hurt. It hurt. You know. It hurt because I had done everything. I was stri- again. I was striving to be the best cardiac nurse in the world, and here I was at yeah. one of the best hospitals in the world in a position that way. Um, and it was interesting because my mom, my mother at the time she was still alive. Um, a few of my girlfriends, they just and when I said it, they I was expecting for them like, oh my gosh, they were right. like, good because you know what, Alice, you had been talking about doing X, Y, and Z, yeah. but yet you had moved. You yeah. were talking about it, but you had moved, and so they all saw what I couldn't see at the time that 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 needed to I needed to um pivot I needed to go I needed something drastic to happen to take me to push me into my greatness (laughs) as as they told me 
Yeah. But I'm crying like, oh my gosh. But I, I have thank to say God they, for that support system. Thank God for that team, yeah. for that support system, you know, for that. For yes. that. Now listen, you did cardiac and I got to talk to you. I know heart disease is still the number <laughs> one killer in the world, or at least in the United States. It's still the number one killer in the United States. I know we're going through this pandemic and we're going through all this stuff, but we cannot discount heart disease. Now, this is what I do. Now, I don't know if it works. <laughs> you know, you're going to probably laugh at me. I take my little fish oil pills every day. Does that help? <laughs> okay. Yes. No, fish oil is helpful. Omega-3s have been, um, right. you know, there's always research that says this and research that says that, but there's more yeah. research that says that omega-3s help. So the yeah. fish oil is good. I mean, now if you could eat the fish itself, you know, the, yeah. that every day, then yeah. that's even better. But, right. you know, when we can't, it's important that we do supplement. And I don't think most of America eats a well-balanced diet these days. Not with all this mm-hmm fast food and especially now in this pandemic where you know uh, many of the places we used to frequent and eat aren't fully accessible to us we know we don't we don't have those um fresh farmers markets as available as we used to and so it's getting harder these days um and i'll be honest with the pandemic everybody was trying to fill their shelves up with like boxes canned beans and you know rice we should get ready for the long haul but um i think that's good i think that uh, that's good that you take that and that's one step closer to being heart healthy. So yeah. every little thing counts. Now, what what is for the listeners and for the viewers? You got to give got to give us some heart healthy secrets or recommendations. What can the per, what can the the person do every day that that you know? What, what's one thing we can do every day to really uh, increase our heart health? You know, I think one of the most important things that we have control over, um, and I don't think that we under stand uh we i think we underestimate the impact of this is what we eat okay what we eat so um you know we all heard the phrase you are what you eat so really making sure that we try to as much as possible have a well-balanced diet now i'm not saying that you can't ever have donuts or you know fried chicken or anything like that but i'm just saying being mindful right. of what we're eating and yeah. how much and sometimes people are eating you know making good food choices but then their portions are out of control yeah so i think just, you know being more mindful uh, if your plates can the more colorful your plate is then you can imagine that you know i'm probably getting a good variety of vitamins nutrients and minerals um it, it's you know it's when your plates are all, plates are all one color i used to tell my friends i was like you got mashed potatoes, corn, and chicken. Well, those all seem good. They're all kind of that yellowish color. One you need color. some green in there. Yeah, yeah. Get get the colorful plates going. So eating a well, eating uh, more of a well balanced diet. And if you can't, adding a supplement. You know, I know you're like, oh, it's just a multivitamin. You know what? That one multivitamin every day, every week, yeah. for weeks throughout the year, over years, makes a big difference. So I think uh, doing that, as well as um, drinking more water. Okay. No. I drink a gallon a day. I drink a gallon. Oh, good. That's good. Water is water is so good. Some people, you know, they don't even they think back. They're like, I didn't really have any water today. Yeah. Then you might have juice, coffee, and soda, but right. you got to drink more water. Yeah. Um, I also know that exercise. It's hard to exercise now because the gyms are closed. Right. But even if you get up and just stood outside and stretched a little bit, you know, took yeah. some weights and lifted them up, something to move your body. Right. Um, and you know, fully use that full range of motion. Because yeah. I think in our day-to-day, we don't necessarily use the full range of motion of our arms or our legs. Do something where you're doing that, you know, stretching. Okay. Um, as well as getting outside, getting some fresh air, meditating, praying. I think that me time, that time to center yourself. You definitely got to start your day centered. Yeah. Um, 
because if not, you're just going to be all over the place. Um, and then the other things I'll always say is, you know, to, to not smoke, you know, smoking, right. whether it's cigarettes, vaping. I know a lot of places, our state's now it's legal for legal marijuana and, I, and for other reasons. But I'll say this. Our lungs were not designed or created to inhale anything. Thank you. I say that all the time. I'm saying, like, I, I don't know what the fascination is. My lungs weren't designed to do that. They were designed to breathe air. So that's right. what they want. Right. right? That's what they want. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then if you do drink alcohol, you know, an adult beverage occasionally is there's nothing wrong with it. People say, oh, but there are studies that say red wine. Okay, have you a glass of red wine, but, you know, in moderation. Yeah. Because that alcohol can be very um, toxic to your organs. So you might feel okay overall, but your liver is a punching bag right now for that, um, yeah. you know, for all that alcohol. And by the time you start to feel it, your, your liver is going to be so, kidneys are going to be so uh, tuckered out. Um, and I would just say, if you do have a, a chronic medical condition, whether it's diabetes or high blood pressure, high cholesterol, or even something else, make sure you stay on top of that. Because I think if we can just do the maintenance, if we can just focus on the, the maintenance of our health and wellness, and don't, I mean, and please don't discount your mental wellness. Right. I think it's very important. Um, that's actually one of the things that we don't take care of enough. But if we can get on this prevention side, um, then that would be, that's a lot easier than you yeah. having to sure. see me in the emergency room or ICU, because even though we call it healthcare, it's really sick care. Cause you ain't being coming to get seen until you're sick. Right. Right. So I, I, prevention <laughs> and wellness. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have you back and we're going to talk about some health and wellness stuff. You know, I, I'd love to hear from you again. Where can, where can my audience, my listeners, where can they find you? How can they send you some questions? Tell them where you are. Yeah, so you, I'm on social media and I do have a website. It's Ask Nurse Alice. So AskNurseAlice.com is the website. You want to find me on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, everything else. It's Ask Nurse Alice. So that's the, you know, I have a blog. You can go to my website. You can submit emails. You can uh, tweet me, you know, send me a question on um, Instagram. I'm very receptive to my eyes. Don't be mad if it takes me a day or two because I do work in the hospital, but I promise I'm going to respond to you. And then um, every Monday I have a, a digital show called The Exam Room with Nurse Alice, which you can watch stream live on YouTube and Facebook. Um, and if you go to my Instagram, you can actually watch it by clicking in my bio. But I have a, a one hour digital show where I bring on different guests and we talk about health and wellness, love and lifestyle politics and pop culture, everything with a health and wellness theme to it. Wow. Because I feel it's so very important that we educate every, everything we do in life has a, there's a teachable moment in it, whether it's our music, whether it's talking about the election, there's something in there where we can educate ourselves and there's a silver lining of health and wellness in there. And my goal is to help empower people to live a happier and healthier lives. So you can catch me there on Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for being on the program. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for your story. I mean, the story you told us, I know it just really, it, it even helped me. I know it helped, it, it definitely helped our, our, our listeners and our viewers. And just thank you for doing what you're doing. And um, we're going to be looking for you. We're going to see you. I, I can't wait to uh, watch some of the more ex in the exam room with Ask Nurse Allison and um. That, that's an awesome program. But guys, you've been listening to the Ralph Graves Jr. Show. We've been listening to someone who is truly unstoppable. Thank you. Thank you again, Nurse Alice, for being on the program. Guys, make sure you share this. Make sure you talk to somebody about it. Make sure you pass it along, pass it forward. My name is Ralph Graves. Thank you for listening to the program. 
and I'll see you guys again soon. Bye, Alice.